We're going to go look at the space again to make sure we can make that happen. Hotel bar. Yeah. That's all I need. It's my, that's my best platform. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 don't have a, they don't have a bar. This is a dry hotel. They don't have a bar. Yeah, I thought we told you this. What's the refund um, policy? <laughs> Hello and welcome to PHP Ugly episode 103. I'm John Congdon. And with me as always is Eric Van Johnson. Hi, hi, hi. And Thomas Rideout. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you guys are horrible at know. this. I'm not sure hey, why hey. we do this. We need a better hey, introduction. Hey, hey. I've given hey, you guys hey. enough time with your introduction, and it pretty so, is a pretty solid sucks across the board. I've, I've been talking to fans, and they all they all agree with me. Where would where would you possibly talk to fans at? I had somebody come up to me at Longhorn and said that they they were they enjoyed the show and they were a fan. Sorry, I'll stop clicking. Yeah, we so that's why we did not record last week. Eric and I were at Longhorn PHP. So sorry for I, the I two, have, two people. I have officially run out of PHP Ugly stickers. Don't ask me for PHP Ugly stickers because I have no more. You need to hunt down John or Thomas for PHP Ugly stickers. I need to order I think more. I, have like, I think I have four or five left. I think I got about ten left. And... I just ordered stickers today too, and I didn't order PHP ugly stickers. I, I should probably probably do that, but ridiculous. But let's be honest. What are we most excited about? This has been a week of anticipation, of super been. super excitement, of a super super proportion. That's right. Today was the release of the Wave PHP speakers. A handful of them. Yeah, the start, <laughs> Let's be the start clear. of it. <laughs> it so, was an infinity of speakers. It was infinity. We, see, see, Infinity Wars released today. See, a lot of people were probably anticipating that, but see, you see what I did oh, there? Oh, that's why nobody's I, in our chat room right now. I They're went all to, at the movie uh, theater. Went with uh, Wave PHP speakers being released. Like that, like, that was a big deal. But, you know, you guys, you, you're just, you're not good, uh... You just you don't have it. No, nope, it's not there. No, nope. never is. <laughs> that's why. That's why you're on the show, Eric. Comedic timing. So yeah, we have. I mean, we we did we did actually release the speakers today. <laughs> some of them. Good, some of them. So a good amount, a good amount of them. That, that was the, the exciting part. Confirmed. So, no, while while we were at Longhorn PHP last week, Eric and I decided to finally sit down and finalize our list of accepted speakers. Took the time at that point to email everybody. So now we're waiting waiting for people to accept. And then as we're doing that, we started releasing some of the speakers onto the website. Started today. And we're going to keep putting a, a couple more on there. Hopefully get the rest of them up in the next day or two. I, I may have already done that. <laughs> Did, oh. <laughs> okay, so for the past five minutes where Thomas and I are saying we've only had a handful up, you could have said, oh, by the way, I finished that. I've been try- I've been trying to I've been trying to. You're, you're not. Uh, that's why I said doing a very good job at it. Of the ones that have confirmed, we we have other speakers out there that we don't have confirmation. Whoa. 
And for some crazy, weird reason, John doesn't want to announce the keynote speakers yet. It's the big hush-hush secret secret. I don't know why I'm air-quoting on a podcast, no, but no apparently one, no I does. am. I, well, I, love this, I love this list, though. T.J. Miller, Beth Tucker Long, Adam Culp. I mean, some big names. Danger Keith Casey? Come on now. Keith love, Casey is a love character. that guy. Uh, we ran into him at Longhorn, and that guy is his biggest fan. <laughs> He's so, so funny listening to him talk. Uh, I love his stories. That's... I told him that while we're sitting there listening to him. I, I, that is something you value in a speaker, though, isn't it? Loving to oh, hear him talk. Yeah. So we're excited. I mean, there it. was some excitement at Longhorn for. For Wave and some of the speakers who were there, and we got to talk to, and it's been hey, really Eric. fun. Thank John. you for finishing that list. I appreciate it. Aww. Did you Did you notice I put the companies on there as well? You did. You did. Good job. You Except, did. why'd you go with lowercase company? I wanted to go low, lowercase across the across the board because I like it better. But did, I fi- did you really I need to put company colon? Yes. Yeah, that is correct. That's the way you do it. Yeah. Could you not just is it put important a link to for their you to site? criticize everything I do with life, John? No, 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 no. <laughs> I appreciate it. Good job. It is it is out there. We we will be making some modifications and be po- we'll be posting um some uh talks that are going to be I, I don't know if we're gonna actually post the schedule yet. We're still tweaking the schedule a little bit, but things are happening, man. <clears throat> Getting close. I really enjoyed yeah. uh, last week while while John was with you there at Longhorn. His Facebook posted about forty beer related achievements <laughs> in a row. So you think that's fun? I, I got I got I got in trouble you, for that. By the way, you think that's fun? I'm sitting across the table from him as he's drinking these beers, and my little Twitter just keeps every time he drinks a beer. <laughs> Because I get an alert when he tweets. And I just in, look in my, at him. I'm in like, my defense, you just wrap it up, you alcoholic. In my, in my defense, the one night where it did go crazy, I did a, a flight. It was four tasters. I that's was really, I was I hoping that that was the case. I don't think that's one of those in my defense situations. I think no, that ev- it was, it was everyone a, was hoping for it that. Was <laughs> a, a flight of tasters, and all of a sudden, I, I think I got from those four tasters i got like six or seven badges and i really need to disconnect that from twitter which then please. goes to facebook <laughs> yeah, please but disconnect it from twitter <laughs> I, I don't do it that often and no you do really actually you do it you do it quite frequently well i well, somehow compared to how much i t- i tweet or facebook yes but somehow you rang in like four awards per beer through just sheer yeah, coincidence we, we were talking that's we because were i don't talking about i that. don't do it very often. All right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Putting it on my to-do list. But yeah. we had we had an exciting trip out there. That was fun. Did you write uh, about it fun. on your laptop? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Well, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> you air-quoted before, but you're not air-quoting fun here. Why is that? Because <laughs> 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 this definitely was not fun. So John and I decide on the trip out... Hey, you know what? We really should start to to you know figure out who the speakers are going to be for 
wave PHP. Eric, why don't you break out your laptop and let's do this? Okay, John. So at from the airport Sandi- before our first flight, on the from first San flight. Diego to Houston, where we had a layover, we sit there and work on speakers pretty much the whole time and, and get most of it knocked out. But when we get to Houston, we have to switch planes. We have a little bit of a layover. My laptop now is dead because we we've been working on it this whole time. John and I belly up to a bar somewhere that has uh, power, and I plug in my laptop. We have a we have a drink. We get some nachos, chilling out. Then John turns around and says, "Holy crap! Our plane is boarding. Oh no! We should probably go." <laughs> I pack up my pack up my stuff. Get on the plane. Fly off into the wild blue yonder. Get to Austin. Get checked into our room. Open up my bag. No laptop. No laptop no, no, to be found. Gone. Yep. I was the, the thoroughly fun part. convinced. The f- yeah. Good. I was thoroughly convinced that John was messing with me because <laughs> we'd gotten an Uber from the airport to the hotel and John sat in the back. I sat in the front and both of our bags were in the back. I'm like, John's messing with me. So I'm messaging John. I'm like, dude, you got my laptop? John's like, no. I'm like, no. come on, don't oh, mess so, with wait, me, man. Where's at, at, the, at that moment, at that moment, I'm on, like, just landed, just checked in. So I'm doing a video call with my family, you know, trying trying to talk to the kids. And he's messing me. Hey, do you have my laptop? And I know that sinking feeling like, oh, my gosh, I, my laptop's gone. So I'm like, no, I don't have it. And he sends me a second message trying to confirm that I'm not continuing to mess with them. <laughs> and again, I'm trying to have a conversation with the family, not wanting to, you know, take away from them, but also wanting to make sure he understands I really don't have it and I'm concerned. Well, and you don't want you don't want him losing his laptop to spoil your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Screw that guy. No, so I send a second message like, no, I really don't have it finish the conversation with the the family and then head over to his room like oh my gosh what's going on yeah and sure enough it it was it was gone and uh so it it, it was just like one of the things it's like i must have left it on the bar now i wasn't overly concerned about the laptop itself because the drive is encrypted it's it's an apple laptop so you can set it up to wipe uh everything on the, the laptop was there through a Dropbox folder. So when I disconnect the Dropbox folder, there's a feature where you can say, hey, erase this on the target machine. And also, like I said, I set it up to auto-wipe when it powered on, which actually brought up some questions John and I discussed. Like, how does it know to do that? Like, how, like it, it has to be connected to a Wi-Fi to be able to get on, which means somebody yeah. had to have logged into the machine. Yeah. Which, I mean, there was just like this, a bunch of questions, but so I wasn't See, overly my... concerned about that, but it sucked because it's, I mean, it's an older laptop, but it's still very functional. I mean, it's, it's a, like a five, six year old laptop now, but, but I mean, you know, Apple doesn't upgrade their hardware that so, frequently. So. This is, this is the beginning <laughs> of the conference you've got the rest of the conference with no laptop now and a job to do yeah yeah unfortunately yeah we're not in a position yeah that's where the benefit of having a a company and knowing that how how critical the hardware is and 
where the where our hotel was was a mile away from an Apple store. So yeah. being able to replace it was key. And and it was kind of baller too. To be, I'll be completely honest with you. I I felt kind of like like a, a big shit when when we replaced it because we walked in and just like a typical Apple store. And this was a this was a bigger Apple store too, but just like every other Apple store, jam packed full of people. And you know, John and I, you walk in, they they take your name. They're like, go stand over there. We'll get to you eventually. Yeah, and John, John and I. We're there on the lunch break from the conference, so we're not looking to hang out there for a couple of hours. And John just goes to one of the people who's taking names, and he's like, hey, listen, we have a business account here. And she goes, okay, sir, we'll get somebody right to you. And, like, what, two minutes later, somebody comes walking out to us? It was yeah, nice. It was nice. I, I'm sure that feels baller at the time, but you basically just said, I'm guaranteed to spend an amount of money right now that I don't care about. And they just said, okay, as fast as possible then, huh? Uh, okay. Care about is the wrong phrase. <laughs> well. <laughs> it's not like we wanted to spend that money. You weren't going to spend your time browsing. Right. We that knew was what key. we wanted. We, we walked in. Yeah. We knew what we wanted. And that's kind of the differentiator right there. I, I think they had us all, all said and done. We were probably in and out of there and... 15, 20 minutes. And that includes them going back and Well, yeah, that's another story. But, <laughs> but yeah, that includes them getting the hardware and all that. And it was it was pretty quick. I, it's it's amazing how fast you can spend money when you have to. Okay, but we have to we have to jump to the plot twist. Plot twist. I had nudes of John on the old laptop. No, wait, that wasn't the plot twist. The plot twist. You weren't supposed to tell is, anybody that. So it's weird when you lose a laptop at an airport. The airport doesn't have any way to report lost or stolen items. You have well, to no, they have a way it. to report it. You don't. They don't have anyone you can call and say, "Hey, do you have my stuff?" Okay. Not exactly. You have to call and report it to the airline you were on. So not the airport, but the airline. So that that's the first thing that threw me off because I was trying to. I wanted to call Houston International Airport and say, "Hey, I lost something." And they're like, don't call us. Call whatever airline you're flying. I'm like, all right, whatever. There's no number to call for lost and stolen stuff on the airline. You have to go through this web web app and report it, which we did. One thing we're leaving out, and I, and I honestly felt like this contributed to me leaving la the laptop behind. The Houston airport, at least where John and I were at, is wall to wall. I am not exaggerating probably two to 500 iPads, every seat, everywhere in that entire terminal, there's an iPad. And apparently you can sit, like you can sit down anywhere in the terminal, order food and drink, and somebody will bring it to you. So nice. everywhere you look, there's all these little monitors everywhere. And I feel like it like desensitized you of like, or desensitized me of my, my stuff, but... <laughs> That's the excuse he's gonna give anyway. Well, I, mean, it's better I, than I could also it on you. I could also touch on how my boy, who's supposed to have my back, didn't didn't take care of me either. But you know, I'll, I'll nor the, we'll let nor that, the woman we'll let that, that was rest. sitting right next to us that got on the plane like three minutes after us didn't say, "Hey, by the way, did you leave your laptop here?" Yeah, that was weird, right? 
I mean, yeah. she was she was sitting right next to us the whole time, and and we were even talking to her, and yeah. So, anyways, we we report the <clears throat> the laptop stolen to the airline. Tell them lost, where we stolen. Yeah, lost where we last saw it. And of course, when all this is going on, my mind starts to turn. I'm like, okay, maybe I didn't leave in the air, the uh, terminal. Maybe it was in my bag and it slipped out in the Uber or slipped out on the plane. Or, you know, you start questioning everything. But we we go ahead with the terminal story and and report it. And a couple couple days go by, and I'm kind of like I I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, you know, it's a laptop, right? They're either going to find it like that day or they're not going to find it. And so by the second or third day, I'd kind of resided to the fact that the laptop was gone. You're just um, waiting for that email to say, hey, we started the wipe. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Which, and, I, and, which and, I got Which I got when mine was stolen. And that is a sinking feeling. Like, ah, oh, it's definitely gone. And the airline even tells you they, they'll only search for the laptop for 30 days. Like the case is only open for 30 days. And after 30 days, they close it. But, like, every couple days, they send you an email saying, hey, we haven't found your laptop. Hey, we haven't found your laptop. We'll keep searching. We'll keep searching. So I I started building up immunity to when I saw uh, an email from them in my inbox. Because the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, my God, they found my they found my laptop. And I click on it, and it's like, no, we haven't found your laptop. Uh, sorry. Well, this morning I wake up and it's there. I'm like, okay, this it, it's been about a day since they've emailed me. This is just a regular update. And I click on it and I'm reading it once. I'm like, wait a minute. This says he f- they found my laptop and, and how do I want it returned? And I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I had my wife read it. I'm like, read this. Did they find my laptop? And my wife was like, yeah, they found it. So they found my laptop. I It's, it's actually en route back to San Diego. I got the... Uh, Got the notification this afternoon with the with the uh, tracking number for it, and it's coming back. So now so you're excited. Now you're up for a whole new phase of disappointment when my box full of 3D printed shit comes into the mail, and you think it's your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> the the only thing I and, and again this is me being selfish, but I'm like you're an airline. Can't you just put it on a plane that's coming to San Diego and let me go to the San Diego airport tonight and pick it up? I mean, do you have to, <laughs> do you have to ship it through the mail? Or it's going to take like, you know, I think it t- takes like a, a week, you know, five, five business days or whatever it is. I'm like, you're, you, you literally have planes going from Houston, to San Diego all day long. <laughs> just stick it on one of those. You would think it'd be that easy, right? <laughs> so Thomas, I thought you. I thought your three D printer was broken. It was. And yet you're, and yet you're sending us three D printed crap. Yeah, I fixed it. Or, well, how did you do that? Um, I bought replacement parts and did some research and learned how to handle common issues that happen with clogged nozzles and improper extrusion. And boom, bing, fixed. I, I did a bunch more today, in fact. Exciting story there. Thank you. It's, I mean, it's not <laughs> exciting. You started it. I, I, no, you John, started I didn't it. tell you. I didn't tell you, John. I gave Thomas a 3D printing project that I'm hoping he does for me. I'm working I, on I, it. I, 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 I straight up honestly <laughs> had a great idea. I'm like, holy crap, this, I need a 3D printer for this because they might make this, but I don't know how to look for it, and I, I, I think this works. And it's, Something uh, you can share or no? Yeah, I'll share it. I don't care. Um, you know, 
my kids, my daughters, I shouldn't call them kids anymore, but they're still my kids. They're my 20. daughters have a big snake, a, a big long boa looking snake. So you want 3D printed mice to feed it? No, I want 3D printed little spear so I can stab it. No. <laughs> but it has a big, it has a big tank, and the top of the tank is just like this big screen, and it has all these heavy heated heating lights on it, and it has this um, humidifier that pumps into it. To get the snake out of the tank, you have to slide the the screen. But because you know somebody has to slide it and hold it, while somebody reaches in and gets the snake. So I had this idea of these arms that would attach to the top of the tank that would just fold out and you slide the screen over the arms and then one person can reach down and get the, and then one person can do all that. So I, I pitched it to Thomas and he said he'd have it done in like a week. That was about a month and a half ago. not exactly what I said. (laughs) (sighs) My memory's blurred. I have started working on designing my own stuff. I've, I've got my first, uh, custom design item ready to print so i'm excited about that so uh so when are we go- when are we going into mass production for wave php that's the question uh never <laughs> it turns out question. that uh, printing is really slow like, like <laughs> really we slow. we knew that that's why we're starting now we have six months this was uh, get on it this was a straight i this uh, this cube that i printed little little fidget gadget thing took uh 14 hours which, wow, yeah. I mean, fourteen hours doesn't seem long, but you have to remember that it it's on a three D printer that I bought from China, assembled myself, and it's running at two hundred degrees for that entire time in my room while I'm working. So, it, it's a terrifying device when it runs for a certain amount of time. And what's that doing to your electricity costs? That's what I want to know. Not much. It's like having another laptop runner or something. It's it's, I think it's like a thirty watt power supply. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to cool down the nozzle when it heats up. I'm just trying to keep it at 195 or 190 degrees Celsius. So once it's heated up, yeah. But I think a he- I think a heating my house to, or I mean, heating a whole house, not a little area. Never mind. Yeah. Scratch that. This is just this is just a <laughs> tiny block of aluminum that I heat up. <laughs> what else we got, guys? So, Thomas, I. You know, I, I got to give you credit where credit's due. You don't have to. We've I proven said that, that many times. I, I, I said that when we're at Longhorn, we had uh, one person very uh, intentionally want to talk to us and tell us how much they like listening to the show. Yeah, well, no, no, hey, hey, stop. Cut. We don't want this in there. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Stop it now! Whoa. Nope. I could hey. probably I I could probably share his name. I don't know. How do you Stop feel about that? That's weird, huh? I shouldn't share people's names. No, I feel like I can. I I think yeah. there's a level of guilt associated to listening to our <laughs> podcast that we wouldn't want to put out there on people publicly. Anyways, I don't want you to share what you're about to say, but this individual came up to me. He was say. talking about how much they like the show, how how much they get out of it, and they particularly enjoyed. Thomas's doom and gloom oh, section. Damn see, you. see, that's why that's why John stop. didn't want it to happen. That's, that's, that's it, right John. there. I don't have a lot of doom and gloom though, right now. It's you've got the doom and gloom tickets here. I got tickets. Yeah, you... <laughs> I got things to talk about, man. I don't, I don't even have my list open. What's, what's my list? By the way, 
if you're listening to this episode, you are way too late to get the early bird tickets. They can, we ended those today. Finally, finally, John, let me air, end air, the early bird, air, the blind early birds for Wave PHP. Eric's been is... fighting you that on that for a long time. Well, yeah, because it's not week. even blind anymore. You put the speaker list up. That that well, was still... my point. Yeah, well, yeah, it's still <laughs> blind. You know, you don't know what the topics are quite yet, but that's coming very soon. Yeah. So now, now we're now we now we're gonna be in competition of when we end the early bird. John's like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll run into a couple months before the uh, the conference. I'm like, what? No, a couple months before the conference? No, we run it for like a month or two, and then it becomes regular price. So we'll, we'll be that's that's our next uh, next. I've already got oh, my and tickets, the... and if I've got my tickets, then the early bird system is done. It's ended. Oh, we sold another big big block of uh, tickets too. Uh, we're real excited about that. So, I think we're giving your boss a run for his money for the biggest block of tickets bought. Really? I, I, I don't have, I don't have the official numbers yet, and they they haven't actually pulled the trigger. But they haven't actually I, given you money or anything. We're anticip- we're anticipating <laughs> another big block. Or no, no, no. They will. It will be another big block of tickets. Matter of fact, they, they're upping it. They're actually sponsoring. They're going to become sponsors of the of the conference. Yeah, does so Jose it's... want to sponsor the conference? Yeah, nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll plaster, we'll, we'll plaster the the logo everywhere. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> the logo itself is a violation of the code of conduct. <laughs> oh my gosh! The funniest part, Thomas, yeah, of Longhorn PHP. John and I, the the whole intention of us going out there. We reached out to the guys at Longhorn and said, hey, listen, we'll buy our tickets. We'll pay for a hotel. You don't have to comp us anything. The only thing we're asking is let us volunteer for the for the conference. Let us in on your planning and organization and just let us be part of that so that you know we can kind of get our feet wet for a wave. They're like, oh, we, we are so hurting for volunteers. Yes, please, please come out here we're going to use you are you okay with that like we're perfectly fine use this as much as you want we'll we'll have you volunteer the whole t- the whole time yeah okay no problem we're down for it yeah and we're John paying and I got for this fired by the, the first day we're, pa- <laughs> we're paying and got fired we got we got fired from our volunteer positions at longhorn php does it does it have to do with john's <laughs> use of the untapped app I think Possibly. it has something to do with John's use of the projector and projecting up wave PHP on one of the screens <laughs> by, again, the air quotes, mistake. Our, our first day, we were assigned to AV duty in, in the two rooms for a training day. And before it happens, Eric says, hey, we should do this. And I'm like, don't tell a stupid kid to do something because he'll do it. So I go and do it. And he's been making fun of me ever since. Yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> so yeah, by the end of the first day, the guys were like, "Yeah, you know what? We don't, we don't really need you anymore. Thanks. <sighs> Please don't come back. I don't think we we're actually supposed to come back the next day, but you know, we did." Uh, I, could, I wish note, I could say Longhorn, I hadn't seen it coming. Yeah. On, on a side note, the guys at Longhorn did a great job of running the conference. It did go very smoothly. It was, yeah. Yeah, I, I I really really hope ours goes half as smoothly as these guys. The the job these guys put on it was, 
it it was it was it was just a well-oiled machine. I mean, there were a couple of very small hiccups, but nothing that anybody couldn't handle or take care of, and it was uh, very impressive. I'm I'm real, real happy. I, I'm hoping these guys are going to keep doing it for a couple of years because uh, I think that would be a fun little little routine to get into, yeah, little tradition. I'm, and I'm starting to learn that with all of these PHP conferences, while there seems to be a ton of them, that's because we're plugged into the PHP community. I don't think that people get to go to conferences as much as they should. So hopefully bringing it locally to uh, Southern California, we get more SoCal developers joining us that wouldn't necessarily make it to Longhorn or any of the other conferences. So super excited about this, just trying to get it out to make it available to more people here. It, it really did bring to light the whole kind of idea of why there are these community conferences and, and yeah, to give that exposure. I mean, I got, I finally, finally got to meet Cal Evans. I mean, I, I've been a fan of the guy for years and I finally, you know, was able to meet him, shake his hand, buy him a beer. When we, we went to WorstCon and I bought Cal a beer. Cal, Cal wasn't there with us. I had to drink the beer for him, but you know, I had seen him that day, bought him a beer that night. He didn't show up. So I drank it, (laughs) but it was still fun. So that, that was, uh, that was a big deal to me because I, I, I'd been following Cal for years and we, we've always managed to miss each other at conferences. And he's been to San Diego a couple of times and that, you know, we, we, I just, my stalking skills weren't up to speed. I couldn't get to him, but uh, finally got to shake his hand, meet his wife. That was fun. I, I got to meet a couple of new people, including the guys at Longhorn, uh, who were just fantastic. And of everybody we met, the biggest trooper was the wife of one of the Longhorn organizers, who was like nine months and nine days pregnant. I mean, the the lady was just about <laughs> da- literally talking about da- You're talking about Daniel's wife. She was due a week after the conference was to end and she was there one night uh for jeopardy night she's there she's she's beaten greeting looked in great spirits conference in baby comes shooting out i mean that, that's a trooper <laughs> right there that's a trooper <laughs> and speaking of uh daniel he's we chose him to be a speaker at wave php before we knew his wife was pregnant and we hadn't announced the the list at that point. We hadn't sent out the emails. And we kept talking to him like, are you sure you're going to be able to make it? Because this is his first kid. And <laughs> at this point, we're still hoping that six months down the road, yes, he can still make it. He, he's like, he's so cute. He's like, oh, no, the kid will be like six months old by then. It'll be fine. I'll be, be sleeping through the night. I'm like, you're so cute. Okay, I'm putting you on the schedule just to add to your pressure of new fatherhood. By the That'll way, we have fun. backups. <laughs> we made sure to have people in reserves just in case. I'm, I'm, Cause, I'm a super nice guy, too, by the way. Daniel was a yeah. great guy. And All right. Speaking of speaking of PHP Jeopardy, that was fun. Eric and I got to run that or host it. Uh, yeah, let's the, let's be honest. John ran it. I mean, no, and no, he no. did he did a really good job. I, yeah. I was I was just a buzzer buzzer manager. Yeah, well, that's the whole reason Ian didn't want to host it was he didn't want to deal with the buzzer part. 
And I was like, oh, I'll just make Eric do that, and I'll read the questions. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is, it's a six-player game, and I'm over away from all the players looking at a completely separate monitor and don't know everybody's name. So as people are giving me answers, I'm like, okay. And I'm like clicking on the wrong names. I'm giving points and taking points from the wrong people. people. Shocking. (laughs) Shocking. Absolutely. But it is an open source app. So I have some ideas of how to make it better and may contribute back hopefully soon. Are are we going to do Jeopardy at uh, Wave? Are you going to do the questions and answers? Sure. All right. Are you going to? You host? know, I, I think no. I think we do a ph a PHP ugly hosted Jeopardy. I I, I think oh. we, we should make that happen. God, yeah, that might that, that might be, be disastrous. Do we just do it on the last day? What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? I, I I don't know. <laughs> the awesome. entire thing. Oh, yeah. so fun. I I did with the selecting of the speakers. I was put in a like. I, I didn't realize how much this was going to bother me, like not selecting people. There were mm-hmm. so many people who did the call for paper. So many good people. Um, you know, one so of our wait ca- before you before you continue. The way we did it is we had everybody in Diego Dev kind of vote on topics, right? And then we ran a SQL query giving us the the top rated. Uh, talks and then eric and i kind of ranked them on what we would want to see first not necessarily looking at names and then afterwards as as we selected everybody then started looking at names and that that's where it got hard you realized you had one yeah. person doing eight talks yeah yeah <laughs> no and we, we realized some people that we were really anticipating you know hadn't been selected in in and we really, you know, didn't have room. Like after we looked at all the talks, we had to cut, we had to scale back on the talks because we only have so many slots. And uh, and yeah, it yeah it became difficult. I mean, you know, we did do a couple of rules. Like, um, I mean, you know, one of the things that we did is be, because of the how how deep that pool was. It was like okay, any any anybody out of country, we're going to set aside and see where our budget is. Uh, but you know, when we're done selecting people, and if if we need these talks and we have the budget, you know, we'll try to because there were some really good <clears throat> out of country people that we wanted to bring in. Um, yeah, that we could, and, and that being we could, our first year, we don't know the full budget, so we have money. We have enough money set aside for what we are. Uh, what we have to put out like there's no question about it whether we have sponsors or not we have to have this kind of cash laid out right so we know that number on top of that we didn't really want to put out more (laughs) so i have an important i have an important question then now that no we did not select your talks thomas i didn't submit you were not selected i'm sorry fully aware did you guys select any blockchain talks? No, but but we're going to call it a Wave PHP Blockchain Conference just to just Get to boost there. the uh, yeah boost the sales. <laughs> no, no, no so, blockchain talks. 
we, we but there may there might possibly be an uncon you can sign up to do a blockchain talk actually that's a very good point there's we, we already have people asking us if there's going to be an uncon and yet yes i i'm i think I'll there is i'll do that well we we yeah we're, we eric and i are going monday we're gonna go look at the space again to make sure we can make that happen hotel bar yeah that's all I need. It's my that's my best platform. <laughs> yeah, they they, did they don't have a they don't have a bar. This is a dry hotel. They don't have a bar. Yeah, I thought we told you this. What's the refund policy? <laughs> <laughs> they only have a bar, but it's in the middle of the pool. You have to get into it and swim to it. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's still, so yeah, still my best is, platform. Is Not my happen. most flattering, but definitely still my best platform. We need to. We just need to figure out how it's going to happen. They, they did it in Austin. Uh, I, I've seen some tweets about uh, leveraging an uncon at Wave on some topics. So, and there were so many good talks presented. If if just a quarter of those people who submitted talks actually show up to the conference, who you know weren't selected to speak. There should be a lot of things to to do at the uncon, so excited about that. Well, we have to talk about cryptocurrency. We we do. We the last time we talked about it, uh, Ethereum was was pushing nine hundred and fifty. Bitcoin was at what like fourteen k, something like that. And for some reason, the moment we started talking about it, it went down to what four thousand. <laughs> Look crazy. It's been a mess. I uh, so December twenty second, nineteen thousand on Coinbase, and it dipped down to six thousand nine hundred, no six thousand seven hundred in April. So a seventy five percent loss. No way. Go back to March. I'm seeing down to twenty five hundred back in March on Coinbase. Yeah, I didn't realize it got that low. I'm not seeing that on Coinbase. You looking at Bitcoin March cash? 20, March no, Bitcoin back in March 29th. I did not realize it got that low. Six. I'm seeing six thousand seven hundred. I mean, it it tanked. Everyone covered the the. <laughs> it tanked. It did tank. I, I'm sorry. It, it, six thousand dollars for a Bitcoin is not. Tanking again. I'm going with well, the air quotes. If you here. bought at if you bought at twenty thousand, that's a pretty good tanking. No, no. If you bought at twenty thousand, you you you're tardy to the party. It's it's you know some of these African currencies that you know go from a billion dollars to zero. That's tanking. This is just the market fluctuating and trying to find where it's going to balance out at. You can't you can't say well yeah you know you bought it thirty thousand dollars now it's tanking no it's not tanking it's still six thousand dollars that's still that's still six times more than the the cost of Bitcoin when when I bought into it so I got a long which, ways to go which, before it's safe when when we first bought into it at eleven hundred it dropped to two hundred yeah <laughs> yeah it's just, it's, then, it's the it same then climbed up to. Or, it then climbed back up to climbed up to like twenty thousand, dropped to a low of twenty five hundred, and stabilized right now at like nine thousand. 
Yeah, it's things are nice I, and stable I, right now. Actually, I really like these graphs because you can see that you can see where the the massive dip happened, and with Ethereum, Ethereum went from thirteen to three. Yeah, I, I'm what actually I need, happy. I, I need Bitcoin to get back up to fifteen. That's what I really need. <laughs> because Jan wants to buy things. He wants toys. <laughs> But I, I'm happy it happened because uh, no, I want to. Now fly. everybody, everybody <laughs> stops talking about it. It's like, okay, yeah, it was a fad. All you, all you kooky non-tech people who thought this was the next gold rush can stop talking about it every day and let the tech-savvy people who are into it get back, you know, get back to oh, work yeah. and to developing it. And I think them talking yeah. about it every day is the thing that caused it to balloon yeah, absolutely. To, the, to the incredibly absolutely. When, when false I have, value. When I have my mother asking me about Bitcoin, it's like, no, no, wait, no, you don't, that is not a game you want to play yet. It's, no, don't worry about that. It's, so what's interesting yeah, to me it, is that in the midst of this giant dip, everyone stopped talking about it, some, but some really interesting things happened. And they just didn't get coverage. Um, there was a survey asking Ethereum miners if they were willing to support a fork that would prevent ASIC miners from working on the Ethereum network. And I was very surprised to see that 60% of people who responded said, yes, that's fine. Now, what are ASIC miners? So an ASIC miner is an application-specific integrated circuit. It essentially means that the algorithm that Ethereum uses to generate block values is hard-coded directly onto a chip, and that chip is run full-time with that singular purpose. Uh, the way that the GPU miners work is that they have millions of little calculators capable of performing uh, basic addition in them. And because they have so many calculators of basic addition, which is what we need the most, then they are much faster than CPUs, which have very few calculators capable of rocket science. This is a very different interpretation of how to process data. Um, ASICs are the next step above GPU mining, which is just straight up the program is encoded on silicon and then run full top speed in in millions of chips um and they break the market they broke the bitcoin market when they first came out for bitcoin and now they're essentially the thing that runs the bitcoin market you can't gpu mine bitcoin for any value anymore it's kind of what happened when it went from cpu to gpu though right it is similar except that gpus were widely enough available at the time um and they're being produced in such a large number that they can kind of keep up with the pace of things. Uh, ASICs, you basically bought the factory's output for the year, and they shipped it to you as the chips came out, and you were the only person doing the mining, which mm. concerned a lot of people because of 51% attacks and things like that. Mm -hmm. so, so why, so why, are, you, why are you surprised that 60% were in favor of blocking them? I don't know. I think if most if most of the miners have GPUs and they don't have access access to this ASIC miners or the chips. Well, the ASIC mining doesn't of even course exist gonna... yet. This was a vote on a change to prevent it from being an ASIC capable algorithm. 
So, so, so it's not surprising at all then if the majority of are saying no, we've already got our hardware. Why we're not going to buy more hardware? I think my my. I'm surprised thinking, it's as low as six, or as high as sixty percent. My thinking was or, was that people who are in this want to be in it for the most optimal way possible. Yeah, but to to make all of the hardware you have right now obsolete, where you have to then purchase well, the hardware, hardware. The hardware might be obsolete for that specific purpose, but you can still sell it at above retail value. The hardware resales for higher than it's purchased for. Only is it because of this use case right now? So what happens if the ASIC chips become widely available or more available? I'm not now going to be buying the stuff that the current miners are selling because they're upgrading so that the market for that's going to tank. Yeah, I suppose so. Wait, did I just win an argument against Thomas? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have been surprised, and yet I was. You don't listen to the show very often, because that doesn't happen. Uh, we've another yeah. another interesting thing happened is that uh, Coinbase came out and announced Coinbase Ventures, which is terrifying. Why is that? People in the community lately have been coming up with numbers on how much money these different uh, markets are making, like Coinbase and and all these other exchanges for coins. And it turns out that they're beating large-scale banks. Like, really big names are are getting put to shame by places like Coinbase. And Coinbase has announced that it's getting into the investment business. So if you have a, a wonderful cryptocurrency idea, they want to invest in it. And it seems like letting a bank invest in a new way of banking or managing money seems like an incredibly dangerous thing. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily, necessarily agree with that. Because when it comes to cryptocurrencies, there's going to be a lot of flops, right? There's not... Exactly. But right now, so... the banking system is regulated. So they can't bet on something that's probably going to be a flop because they're betting with the investor's money. But somebody True. like somebody like Coinbase, uh, to, which to be clear, Coinbase is 100% unregulated right now. There is nothing mm. stopping them from anything. So if they want to bet everything on something that's a complete flop and the company folds while holding a billion dollars of people's Bitcoin, that's that's bad to me. Well, that's another reason you don't leave your currency on an exchange like Coinbase or any other exchange. But that's they don't tell you that. Coinbase doesn't say. Of course they don't. Just like PayPal doesn't tell you, hey, don't leave your cash here with us. Granted, they are... They are a bank, I believe. So they they are regulated. Yeah, they did. They did get pretty nasty regulations hit on them about ten years ago. But, but I don't leave cash sitting in in PayPal. But people do. It's more of a, It's more of an exchange. It's like okay, I get money in. It goes into my bank account. I may leave a little bit there, but not not enough that I'm worried about it. My next one. So. 
is the well, I, I, you know what? I'll save this. I'll save this for later because this is on the doom and gloom spectrum. So we'll go straight to Amazon Coin, which isn't a thing, so don't worry. <laughs> but Amazon has rolled out templates for launching your own blockchain service on AWS. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're calling them templates because what you do is use existing infrastructure but set up a blockchain system across it so this is just a sort of a you say i want this structure which is either on the ethereum chain or on a private blockchain called hyperledger uh, hyperledger runs contracts that are written in go and has personalizable security features uh, ethereum is on the open blockchain and only runs solidity and they're saying that this structure is the new way of handling data for immutability. But I'm also having a really big problem with that idea specifically right now because data immutability is almost illegal now. Hmm. Do you guys know about the GDPR? I do not. Eric? Only been getting emails about it four or five times a day from every service I've signed up for. So today I have received a GDPR notice from six services, and then I had four yesterday. So in the last two days, it's been ten. This is a regulation that's coming into play May 25th in the EU. The problem is that it it applies to everyone storing data belonging to, quote-unquote, belonging to an EU citizen. So you might be an American company, but you're held liable if it's a European Union citizen's data. Right. But all the the emails are coming across like, hey, we're worried about your privacy. We want you to feel secure. (laughs) Not at all. No. Which, if if only one company... They're following the law over there. Yeah, if only one company was sending out this terms of service email, you might fall for it. But then when you get 10 companies in a day concerned about your privacy, obviously something else is going on. No, when when I first started getting them, I was like, oh, the whole Facebook thing is making these companies reconsider their policies and they just want to clarify... And then when it started happening repeatedly, and then I actually read some of the emails, it's like, oh, it's because of a new law going into effect next month. So and I was like, oh, now it's, now it's clear. Not just a new law, you know, but an extraordinary new law that establishes all sorts of requirements for the right of a customer to be quote-unquote forgotten which mm-hmm. directly conflict with the idea of the blockchain. Because if, it, if the public ledger is immutable and you put your data on it or another company puts your data on it, then it can never be removed. But the data on there isn't supposed to be identifiable. Granted, we all know it can be reverse engineered to find out who's who. Yeah, really easily. But... There is no necessarily publicly identifiable information on the blockchain itself. No, but if you're putting, you have to, you have, to have a start or an endpoint, and then figure out where it went. But if you're storing, if you're storing user data as this whole blockchain as a service concept is intended to do, you know this this idea is for invoices and uh, you know. 
payments, browsing activity, stuff that they want permanent data on, but you can't have permanent data on a person anymore. And there, there are rules about how long you have to remove data once the customer asks. There are rules about how hard it has to be for a customer to ask to have their data removed. Uh, Sounds like I need to move to the EU. That's what I'm hearing. Well, I've started. Just, but it can't. I've but it can't be the UK the because they did Brexit, but they are not sure they should have done Brexit. Now I'm confused. Where am I moving to? Ireland. Yeah, I'm not very good at. <laughs> oh, they do have good Guinness though. Over there, they just call it Guinness, not good Guinness. <laughs> Over there, they just call it beer. All right, who's you guys ready hey. for Doom and Gloom? No, you guys, you guys are on your own next week. Did you, did you know that? No, why? I'm, I'm, I'm. Le- you're, we're talking about leaving the country. I'm leaving the country. May never to return. I don't know yet. I've got friends take, in other places. Take me Vancouver. with you. I'm well, up to actually, Vancouver. They, they're not friends. I've heard about the videos they've sent you. Yes, yes. Some of them, some of them, borderline threatening. But I don't care. I'm going to go up there. I'm going to win them over. I'm going to Vancouver. I'm, I'm, I'm actually disappointed because I was promised that they would have a PHP meetup uh, scheduled for me when I went up there, and I was looking forward to it. I ordered um, Wave PHP stickers to take with me, which won't be here in time, so it's kind of a good thing. But I was really excited to, to meeting. A, I, I've met several people from Vancouver who have come uh, here to San Diego, um, but I was looking forward to meeting up with them again and just just meeting the the Vancouver PHP crew up there. But but at last, I was disappointed. They they did not schedule their meetup, so now I'm just going up to Vancouver to hang out with. Fellow Diego Devers and, and did, a few did, other. Did they people. cancel it because of the the speaker selection? You know, no, nothing. Nothing has been proven yet, but it, it was kind of funny timing. You know, <laughs> coincidence? I think not. Do you know that if you had yes, mentioned we, this earlier, we could have saved the cryptocurrency talk for next episode? Huh? Uh, you, you, you were going full steam ahead with the cryptocurrency. I couldn't. Uh, there was there was no stopping you, Thomas. So, <laughs> all right, what's your doom and gloom, Thomas? That's uh, that's apparently a big deal for whatever reason. Well, your I'm, fans have asked for it. I'm starting with that's my it. I'm starting my doom and gloom, but you have you have your own doom and gloom. So, don't I don't get on your gloom. high horse. What's my doom and gloom? Ether wallet. You talking to me or are you talking to John? I'm talking to you. I don't have doom and gloom. You don't have an article about Eric Lundgren spending 15 months in jail? I do. Not as gloomy as you may think, but we can really? talk about that, sure. Sure, let's, we can talk about that. Ether Wallet. Ether Wallet got hacked. Um, I, can, I, I can also tell you why I don't agree with, with John's uh, love for the book Deep, Deep Thought, but that, that's going to be a whole other show as Deep well. work. Deep work. <laughs> deep it's work, not a love. No, it's admiration. Have you guys heard? You still haven't of... told me your your issues with it. Oh, he will. <laughs> there, 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 there are plenty. <laughs> hey, uh, Thomas. Yes, sir. Ether wallets. My are Ether wallet. My Ether wallet website, which is a very popular Ethereum wallet, didn't get hacked, but. 
a a criminal activity resulted in $150,000 worth of cryptocurrency being stolen. This is a fascinating story. It's not that bad. That's one of the interesting parts. Uh, You guys know what uh, DNS poisoning is? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for people who don't know what that is, it essentially means changing a DNS record to point to a server that it's not intended to point to. Uh, For example, if I were to poison my local DNS on my router, I could point Microsoft.com to Google.com. On the higher level, this is supposed to be extraordinarily difficult to do. There are a lot of checks in place. Uh, There's also a system called BGP, Border Gateway Protocol. And Lots it's, of fun if you get to work in the networking industry. Yeah, if you're in networking, you, you're familiar with this. Uh, it, it's a known, weak platform, it's a, it, but it's not a great vector of attack for a whole lot of things. Um, you can mess with stuff, but the, the most you usually get out of it is just messing up people's connections. Uh, things usually work themselves out. This attack used a combination of a BGP hack with a DNS cache poisoning attack to point uh, AWS servers to the wrong website. It's a very novel attack and it exposes a lot of the vulnerabilities in the aging technology of the internet. Uh, BGP is I believe, 30 years old at this point. Uh, DNS is pushing 25 years old. These are very old technologies that a lot of crypto or blockchain stuff has promised to update and upgrade, but now it's looking like things are really starting to fall apart. Um, These kinds of sophisticated attacks essentially have a bad actor but no party responsible for the bad actor. So AWS did nothing wrong. They were just following the protocols of the internet. And MyEtherWallet did nothing wrong. They did not get hacked at all. It's just that someone managed to poison DNS records which affected millions of people. So it was really a client-side attack through a server vector. It's very, very interesting stuff. Eric, I'm going to my Ether wallet now to see what's going on with ours. This is the first I'm hearing of it, and that's... Uh, now, you would, have had, you would have had to log in to the wrong website while it was redirecting for the several hours that it was impaired, and you would have also have to be res- resolving your DNS through Amazon, which I happen to know you're not. Oh, I am not. Eric, good news. So, oh, we, still we, still have, we still have our ether. We found your laptop. Yeah. Our... <laughs> it's in Russia. Our .01 ether is still there. Oh, yes! <laughs> awesome. Thomas, you brought up uh, Eric Lundgren. Lundgren. Lundgren, yeah. You brought up uh, brought up that article. Eric is a uh, 
is an e-waste recycler. For, for all intensive purposes, a good guy. I mean, honest, honest goodness. He's he's, he's good the e-waste recycler. I mean, he is the biggest one in America. Right. Now, for the record, Diego Dev has an official e-waste recycler we use here in San Diego. It's called uh, Computer for Kids. We've taken over a couple of truckloads of old... Children. Old, <laughs> old kids that we just got tired of. Yeah. And no, we've so put exchanged them on several computers, computers for children. Now, we've taken over deal. a couple of tru- truckloads of laptops, of printers, of uh, a couple of televisions... Uh, you know, it, it's been crazy, and, and they, they, they have a great uh, operation over there. And there's a couple of big uh, recyclers, uh, e-waste recyclers here in San Diego. But er- like you said, Eric is like the guy, right? I mean, he's done all this really crazy stuff with some of the electronics he's recycled and all that. Well, it turns out the guy is facing a 15-month prison term, all because... He decided that he was going to, he or he felt he had the right to use the Microsoft Rescue Disk on the machines that he 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 was recycling to to load them up. And I guess Microsoft took exception to it. There was a whole back and forth. Microsoft is claiming that you know they he they basically that he basically you know to the tone of about seven hundred thousand dollars. Uh, is what he, they felt he took from them, which is weird because apparently the the version of Windows he was using is like freely available now or something. He was Kinda. he was using the licenses that were on the stickers on the computers that were being recycled. Right, right. So it, everybody felt it was like a very gray area for whatever reason. Microsoft sunk their teeth into this guy, and he he ended up losing. Which was really unfortunate, um, and the surprising why I, to me. I, I agree, and I think now that the article is written, I wouldn't be surprised to see Microsoft do some backpedaling on this, because it really does put them in a bad, bad light. Um, the guy was not doing anything malicious. He he did have the, the best intentions. He thought he was working within the boundaries of the uh, EULAs that, that were attached. He didn't feel like he was doing anything wrong. Did you say he was going think... to 15 years? 15 months. 15 months. And $50,000. Oh, oh, I, I misheard you. Wow. Yeah. I might have said years. I'm pretty intoxicated right now. But no, it's 15 months. Oh. Um, the, uh, the, the thing that kind of irks me about this whole thing is I'm a Linux guy. It's like... Why didn't you just put, put Linux on these machines? Like, why did you even? Why why are you even in this gray area? You know, it's because it, there was it, a sticker on the machine. Right, because there's a <laughs> hun- there's a sticker worth a hundred dollars on the machine, and Microsoft was saying no. What do you mean worth a hundred dollars? That Windows license on most of those machines came at a, about a hundred dollar cost. Mm. Now he was doing weird stuff so he wasn't actually using the discs himself he was sending them around the united states to e-waste recyclers so that they could give it to a customer who bought a machine and that they value he valued it at 25 cents so he had a large number of these things printed up um no he didn't he didn't print them up yeah no he had twenty eight thousand discs made 
using the free software that's available for download from Microsoft. Now, if you want to get a CD from Microsoft of the free download, they charge $25 per disc. So that's how they came to their $700,000 damages. Hmm. I still, I, I don't understand why, you know, why do that? Just put, there, there are open source solutions out there. Use the open source solutions. I don't. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't understand that. Yeah, it's just it hurts me to see that. It hurts me that this guy is in this position, and I think it's crappy that Microsoft is doing this. But if you ask Microsoft, they're going to say, "Hey, we have to set an example. We can't let this guy get away from it because get away with it because you know there'll be ten more of him tomorrow doing the same thing to us." But what it's I'm confused like, about there's a, there's an image of him on the story where he's laying on top of a pile of 48,000 CDs that he he purchased for less than 5 cents a piece. So he purchased them or is that he purchased the the rewritable CDs and and printed on them? I, I think that's what listening to Thomas I think that's what that's that's representing, yeah. Yeah, and and my issue is that Microsoft after the article came out, Microsoft made a statement which said that he was actively participating in selling counterfeit software, which is the, the to me is the bizarre part. Because if that's their defense, you can do an MD5 of the disks versus the ISO that's on the website that he used and tell that it's not counterfeit software. Mm-hmm. It is duplication of free software. And, and Microsoft is saying, well, this was a security risk for customers. This resulted in cybercrime and hurts the market for recycled products. And it's such a it's such a hollow bullshit answer to we wanted money. Mm-hmm. Well, seven hundred grand, I want money too. Yeah, but Microsoft wasn't getting seven hundred grand. They were they were looking for a punishment in the value of seven hundred thousand in jail time. Mm-hmm. So they they got fifty thousand dollars from him as a fine, but he's in jail for fifteen months. That. To inflate the number like that is insanity, because I mean I can do the the quick math. He was he was distributing them at twenty five cents a piece, and he had what? How many? Forty. Forty eight thousand. Twenty eight thousand. Yeah, but I mean the disc. I mean the kit. The disc probably cost twenty five cents. And there was a cost to That's him. That's a seven thousand dollar impact on them. Hmm. I mean, to put someone in jail for 15 months for a $7,000 impact is insanity. And it, it's, I just, I think it's weird. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's weird. I think it's unfortunate. And I strongly encourage people not to, not to even bother with that gray area until, you know, Microsoft finally comes to their senses and, and they're slowly getting there where they're 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 going to realize that the value is no longer in the os it's with the other stuff but until they get there use something else or or pay for it if you want to use it use it i'm not i'm not going to fault people for using microsoft but pay for it don't don't steal it don't pirate it don't try to come up with an excuse of why you should get it for free just pay for it it's I don't even know how much those cost anymore, but I, I know they've come down pretty significantly. Or don't pay for it and use something open source. There's plenty of solutions out there. John, exactly. You, 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 you know. Every now and then, you surprise me. What with the pen clicking? Because it's killing me. 
it's, not, it's actually not a pen. It's magnets, and I keep so trying to stop. So you know what it is. I'm, yes, and I keep trying to stop, and it's not working. I'm sorry. Here, last time. Ow. And I keep pinching with... Ow. I mean, it's masochistic ow. in so many ways. He hurts himself doing it ow. and hurts me doing it, too. That hurt a lot. So what, what I would surprise you, Eric. What I was talking about is, is you, you, you sit there and... <laughs> that hurts so you, bad. Good. You make Twitter, you make Twitter <laughs> posts that are pretty good. John, John posted a link to a website that actually has a .php3 extension on it. <laughs> wow, that is so awesome! Was it on one of so his? many levels? Actually, this is not one of mine. So, I, I I'm a big fan of uh, Beth Tucker Long, and she was talking about a website that had a php4 extension recently and i happened to, to come across a php3 extension uh a couple weeks ago and it's actually from a a well-known source website pulse at least well known in my circle and i, I was shocked when i saw it and she was posting with php4 so i was like well how about this it's like who still uses php3 I, see, I don't remember PHP four even being a thing. Like ad, adding the PHP four extension to to the site, I, it was. I you think were it, supposed to remove oh, it. I think it was only if you were trying to if if you had a server running both five and four at the same time, you probably had a, a distinction or three and four. Probably this, yeah. Uh, I think that might be why. Uh, it's only the only thing I can come up with, but the fact that you have the version on the end of it to begin with and you're still seeing PHP 3 what is it a decade after it's been dead <laughs> if not more great no that's way more than that i think that's it's got to be like two 15 decades. years yeah so she replied to me like she was uh recalling her PHP 3 days and it made me think and i don't think i use PHP 3 i think i got in in PHP 4 yeah because I, I was I a got, hardcore, I was a hardcore Pearl guy in the in two thousand ninety nine ninety eight to two thousand two. I was only using Pearl. Yeah, I, I got in right at the right at the release of PHP four, right at the tail end of PHP three, and, and I never I never touched PHP three. Seventeen years, and there's one release. That's PHP three end of life. Seventeen years. Seventeen years. It was released October of two thousand, and four was released no. in May of two thousand. Really? That, that doesn't, doesn't seem right. right. It looks like the le- the last version of three was released October two thousand. The okay. last version. That's different. That's sorry, different. The last version of yeah. four point oh point oh was in May of two thousand. Because mm-hmm. 4.0.0 went to 4.0.1. They weren't doing meticulous tracking on versions at the 3 level. Did I ever tell you how, how I came into PHP? How, what a fluke it was for me? It, it, was, it was an absolute fluke that I, that I stumbled into PHP. So I was, I was taking computer science back in the early 90s, not to date myself too much. But I was learning COBOL and all these compiled languages, 
and I hated it. Like I, I started learning on the old TRS eighties. I learned basic, loved it. Uh, but once I started like getting to the more advanced languages and compiling stuff and got into college and got into, uh, I, I forget what the course was even called. It wasn't even, I forget what the computer, it might've been computer engineering. I forget exactly what my major was, but I hated it. And I swore I would never, I would never code again. Cause I, I just despised it. And I was working for a company, um, and I, I started doing some tinkering with uh, Access, Microsoft Access, if you can remember that. And I, I'm like, you know, this is pretty cool, but I wanted to use uh, a bigger database. And and the Microsoft SQL license was too expensive. So a friend of mine say, was like, hey, there's an open source version of Microsoft SQL called MySQL. Why don't you use that? And I looked into that and I was getting my head around it. I'm like, okay, I need to find a class or something that, that teaches MySQL. Well, of course, the only class out there taught PHP and MySQL. It, it, it was the whole LAMP stack. And I'm like, well, I don't know what PHP is. Don't really care. I just need to know how to use MySQL. And I go to this class, and like from the first line of code, my eyes just exploded. I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to code. I want to be able to, to talk to something, talk to a database, get the results right away. And it was just like... I mean, literally life-changing for me. Obviously, I ended up pretty much dedicating my life to it after that. But it was such a fluke that I even came across PHP. Hey, John. What? Can you uh, can you pick up those magnets again? No. Because you switched from the magnets <laughs> to shuffling cards in front of the microphone. The magnets were better. <laughs> you need to turn your your ear your headphones down a little bit. <laughs> no, I I edit the podcast. I have to. I have to cover all this. <laughs> all right, you, we're, we're clear an hour and 20 minutes clear into your this. Desk? <laughs> Is there anything you need to print? I'm going to I'm going to sit with my arms crossed from now on. All right, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. We need to we need to wrap this up. I'm sorry for shuffling cards and playing with magnets and John, clicking John's pens. John's such the parent. You're out too late. It's time get in here. Turn off your podcasts and get to bed. It's too loud, damn kids. That's a it's late. I'm ready to sleep myself. I'm so tired. I still, have, I still have scotch left. Yeah, me too. You guys haven't stressed me out that much. Yeah. Oh, we've we've kept it easy. We can't for stress easy you on this out. One. In the state you're in, we can't stress you out. No, not really. All right, this has been a great episode. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. But until then, I'm John Congdon. I won't be here next week. You guys have a great time. I'm Eric Grant Johnson. I'll be here next week. I'll see what I can do to ruin it. I'm Tom Rideout. <laughs> Keep, Keep it up. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to PHP Ugly at reddit.com slash r slash PHP Ugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.